Welcome to another episode of Suits and Sanders. Today we're discussing how to have influence. How can we have influence? So we all know that leadership is all about influence. If you don't have influence on the people you're thinking you're leading, then just know that you are not leading them at all. You may be talking about a subject, you may be working passionately, you are a sincere person, you're doing what is good, and you know your stuff, but if you're not having influence on the people you're leading, then there's no leadership at all. So how can we have influence? We have a few steps that we need to consider on how we need to have influence. Influence is pretty much the end game. You don't start with having influence. There's a protocol that needs to be followed for you before you have influence. Of course, we've known of people uh, who just discover something quite amazing, spectacular. For example, they establish a company. Or we may talk about how uh, Facebook started uh, with Mark Zuckerberg. So we may say Mark Zuckerberg has influence because he created a solution or a platform that ended up being used by almost everyone in the world, uh, meaning that with, uh, uh, with like by a greater percentage of the world's population. So we would say this person has influence, definitely. We'll talk about people who are creators, people who create massive stuff, equipment, gadgets. Yes, they have influence. So there is a platform uh, by which influence comes. But how can we have influence in our uh, common places, at the workplace, at school, in the streets, on the farm, anywhere, uh, on the table, in the boards, at uh, government level? How can we have influence? So um, I, I, I came up with uh, some small snippets that we can refer to and help on our journey of leadership. So identify your call. This is very important. So the first one, identify your call. What are you good at? What's your core competence within your purpose, within your set purpose? What's your call? So most of us, we do get our call from education. So school has taught us to become someone who we are today. Although we don't realize it, school basically indoctrinates, if it's a better term to use, that when you're coming into or through secondary school, you get you got into university, uh, you, you, you didn't really expect to become something um, spectacular or something that you've become today. But through education, some of, some of you are engineers, some of you are doctors, some of you are lawyers, some of you are accountants, some of you are architects. But all that has been built through that education system. So you have become who you are today because of that education. So education helps us to, to get a, our core. Alright, so you, you have um, a specific knowledge in that area, in that domain. So you have some sense of um, thought leadership in that area. So you, you develop your core. Sometimes it comes through uh, practical experience. So you may not have had academic education in that domain that you are in today, but you have, you have practical experience. So that experience uh, helps you to develop your core. So you could be a mechanic or you could be a farmer or a, a farmer for a particular uh, plant or for a, so a particular crop or you, you rear animals. So you're, you're quite sharp with uh, rearing goats. You, you have your core when it comes to gods. So basically, uh, that's your core. Uh, it also has to do with uh, passion. But passion alone may not develop or, or strengthen your core. 
So where you only have passion, for example, your passion for music, it's very important that you develop your passion still more through some sense of education. So you go through a process where you get to develop that passion into a tangible contribution. So do you know anything about even Even if maybe you're not a good musician as per se, but you, you know lots of uh, music, uh, you know, uh, sources or genres. So all those things do actually help you to develop uh, what we can call your core. So developing your passion into something practical. All right. The second thing is learning. So need to realize that the education spoken about under identifying your core and this uh, second uh, learning point are slightly different. So learning means going beyond uh, what you have actually acquired in your past, whether it was in the classroom or it was sitting under a practical experience, but you need to go deeper. You need to seek mentors. You need to join, uh, for example, professional groups. So you need to join programs. You need to practice. You need to sharpen your skills. So you need to go deeper into that domain of your focus. So whatever you've learned in the past, go deeper. Learn deeper. Get certified. Meet if you're an architect. Uh, learn from those who've gone before you. Get practical insights on how you can actually make your craft better. So you learn and you go deeper. So you're giving yourself time to develop into someone who can be of value. Someone who can contribute to uh, the national economy. Someone who can contribute to the profession that you're in. Or you can contribute to the area of interest that you've cultivated uh, by passion or by observation. So learn, learn, learn. So after you identify your core, you need to learn and go deeper in that domain. Then the third one is participate. You know, there are so many people who have knowledge and they actually splash their knowledge through probably, let's say, social media. But when you talk about participating, it's practically be on the ground and do uh, the things that people within your area or within your core actually do. So you need to get involved. Uh, in the programs where you're seeking influence in. So for example, if you believe you're meant to be a political commentator, so uh, you love politics and probably you've studied political science or maybe you've studied something different, but you've cultivated your core uh, through learning programs and through mentors, what you need to do is seek those places where you're going to get a platform, maybe as a, as a political youth leader or probably you're just um, part of uh, an activist group where you, you, you're talking about going green, uh, saving energy, whatever it is. So make sure that you join those groups and you start to participate because when you get involved in the programs that you seek to influence, there's a practicality of knowing what goes in inside and also learning from the mindsets of the people who are already involved in those programs. So it's very important. So you need to make informed stances and serve the people. So participation also is all about getting dirty. I love the term that says, get your boots on the ground. You know, uh, when it comes to ministry, for example, in the Christian circles, we talk about evangelism. We say, go out into the communities and preach Christ. But there's also an element where you can finance a ministry. But they are the most important experience that you get apart from financing a ministry is getting your boots on the ground getting on a mission trip 
when it comes to helping people like um, struggling communities you can actually send your money that's good because sometimes you don't have the means or maybe you're living away from those communities or you're living outside malawi for example so you send your money that's very brilliant and very important for the people who are on the ground but we always say if you have a chance you need to put your boots on the ground and meet the struggling families and see the experience from uh, like face hand one-on-one -on -one, and talk to them see the pain they're going through and that also helps because uh, by not just sending money by being on the ground you actually get to see what are the root causes of some of their sufferings so you are also able to devise better solutions instead of just sending the money you need to go and understand is it truly about them lacking food or maybe it's not them realizing the massive potential that they have in their land or is it about the government programs not having a long long enough tentacles that that go into those communities to influence their forms of agriculture for example so you need to participate so that was the third one the fourth one is engage start to make grounds by engaging leaders and others so when when you've identified your core when you've learned and gone deeper when you have participated practically participated it's it's time you start to engage the people who are involved in these areas so you engage the leadership specifically so start to make uh, rounds and engage the leaders and other stakeholders in the areas of um, of your influence so what you may not realize is that by going deeper in learning about the area by participating what you've done is you've actually gone to a place where now influence starts to automatically come in because when you you're given a pedestal what happens is you talk about the practical things that you've seen on the ground you talk about things that you've handled with your own hands you talk about communities that you've interacted with you know so it's very important and for example if even if it's um it's just a very technical area like engineering so civil construction and you've um, you, you're talking about our infrastructure our roads network in malawi when you are actually um well what we usually call um, a subject matter expert in that domain people start to listen to you because they know that you know what you're talking about and for uh, especially if you have also gone across the areas of our economy that deserve government's attention so you've looked at the roads you've compared them to what can be or what could be and you bring in tangible advice that can be utilized by our leaders you start to engage them so they open their ears to understand because they know that you know what you're talking about so engage um, and by engaging i don't just mean staying somewhere very far and sending lots of notices sending lots of emails or posting stuff on social media i'm talking about practical getting on the ground and meeting the people of influence and then the last one but which actually governs everything is is influence itself influence so once you are on the table not on facebook not on twitter you start to comment now on policy matters all right so you've gained your credibility by being someone who's been on the ground you've been dirty all right so you start to influence 
you start to influence so you just don't post stuff again as i've said i'm repeating this one because it's very important most of the times we think we are having influence by making noise on social media so we can use social media for lots of wonderful things we can mobilize people we can mobilize resources we can start act um or activist groups or whatever it is right that what you that you want to do uh with social media but when it comes to high policy issues sometimes what you need to do is to practically meet the people on the ground the policy leaders and start to influence policy it's all about your sincerity your presence and proven work in the path all right so once people even at the highest level start to see that you are sincere with your advice you're sincere with what you want to achieve it's it's nothing about uh, what is it what is it, what is in it for me but it's all about what is in it for us as a collective body of Malawians, as, as a nation, what is in it for all of us? Uh, people start to give you an ear. Understand the local climate and what issues you're dealing with. It's very important. So because you've been on the ground, when you open your mouth, you're not just ranting stuff that you've learned in class. No, you, you're bringing pre practical things that you've seen on the ground and applying practical solutions. And by working with people, you are not the wiser one in the room. You are basically a facilitator because people have brilliant ideas. But until they get someone who can facilitate, most people don't know how to package their wisdom to bring lasting solutions to our communities. So you need to show leadership by showing wider concern of the matters at hand and prove that there's no selfish, selfish ambition. There's no selfish ambition from your part. You need to go deep on thought leadership. All right. What is thought leadership? So to be a thought leader, it means you go before the flock. So you, you, you look at the environment, you, you see what's going on, you try to pull back so that you stand a little bit out of the crowd and you identify what are the problems and you try to craft what you think the solutions would be. And you can pick solutions from what other people have done somewhere else around the world or intuitively God blesses you with wisdom to, to, to get a solution to a problem. So you, you draft that into something uh, well packaged. And if, if you can write that down and present it to the leaders, it becomes a thought. It becomes a thought that can actually drive change. So you are a thought leader. It, it, it's, your, it's basically your own brainchild. So you craft something that's unique. So that's how thought leaders work. They get to know something before other people know it and they publicize it. So you are called a thought leader, a thought leader. So whatever you put on the table, uh, it brings actually action on the people who get to hear what you have to communicate. So you need to be able to get to that place where now you are a thought leader. So people look up to you for a certain topic. So for example, leadership. So for example, for me, uh, leadership uh, is my passion. Uh, cultural change, whether in corporate spaces or at, uh, in a political space, at government level, so both public and private entities, cultural change for me, it's like a big thing. Leadership is like my passion. So you need to get to a place where when people think leadership, they should be thinking about you. So you are a thought leader. Uh, think about Joseph in the Bible. Joseph interpreted the dream of Pharaoh. Uh, when he did that, by God's grace, Pharaoh could not find anyone else who was as blessed as he, someone who has God. And he said, where else can we get a person like this man? So he made him to be a prime minister. And he was the second most powerful man in Egypt after Pharaoh. 
So that happened because there was thought leadership. After he interpreted God's dream given to Pharaoh, and it was apparent that uh, we're going to have seven years of plenty, which will be followed by seven years of famine, the Joseph devised a means of how grain could be, ser could be saved to serve the Egyptian nation, but also the surrounding nations. So that, that earned him that position. You can talk about so many other people, people who believed in what they followed and ultimately the entire kingdom had to follow them. We can talk about Daniel. We can spend time to talk about Joshua and Caleb, people who showed strength and zeal and belief in a point of fear where they could say, where they said, we are not grasshoppers. We believe in our God. We know who we are. We are able, well able to conquer the nations and they moved on. So you need to think that those thoughts, although I'm making uh, references uh, to biblical characters, it's, it's because it's a message that resonates with everyone. It's a message that is very common. But today we, we can see people who have gone before us, people who have achieved massive things, all of them are men and women of honor. They are men and women of virtue who actually stood their ground and believed in something big. So they were thought leaders in their domains and they crafted a path that God had given them uh, to fulfill their purpose. And as they went ahead, all of us started following, started following. And we desire what they have achieved because they took time to learn and to study. So influence comes through this protocol, comes through this process. And what comes to my mind now is um, an interesting scripture in Matthew 13 verse 33 which talks about the kingdom it says the kingdom of, of heaven is like a little yeast which is put into three batches of dough and causes the entire dough to expand so what happens with um, powerful thoughts powerful uh, thought leadership powerful influence is you come in in a subtle way as that child who comes in to start with identifying the strength that God has given you, you start to learn, you participate, you engage the leaders. Then little by little, as yeast, you start to influence, you get into the, uh, the crafts of the domain that you want to influence, whether it's an industry, whether it's a company, it could be just a company, it could be your family, it could be the entire nation. But all of us have been blessed with that type of uh, influence just like the kingdom of heaven that it comes in as a little yeast but little by little it spreads across the entire dough and the whole dough increases it's quite amazing it's quite amazing but sometimes we are taken over by quick wins so we we know nothing or we just know one area of uh, a topic and we want to quickly get into the public and start talking about it and people who have gone before us, who are much older and more experienced, they easily pick those mistakes and gaps in our thinking. So we fail in our tracks, though we, we could be very sincere and we are working hard towards trying to change, uh, to change the narrative. But if we haven't taken time to be taught, to study, to practically put our hands on the ground and put the boots on the ground and get dirty, People who've gone before us, even those who have like closed minds to learning, they stop hearing what we're saying because they believe is nonsense and we don't know what we're talking about. So we need to be careful following the steps of growth and leadership to attain the ultimate influence that we need to achieve. So we've spoken about identifying your call, learning, participating, 
engaging then the outcome is influence so you don't start with influence influence is the outcome is the deliverable that you get at the end of going through the growing process of learning of developing of being coached of being taught so this is it uh today's suits and sandals was all about how to influence how to influence once we get there we all know how to serve uh, be good leaders influence and make sure that you let your voice be heard especially in areas where you're going to bring positive change uh, developmental change uh, lasting impact and generational impact to our nation god bless you